What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, not this week, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Joining me this week, a special guest, a frequent user, collaborator, whatever you want to call him, and tech guy, one Joseph Bell. Welcome, Joseph. We've been working far too long together. You're calling me a user now? Yes. Oh, no. That's what we oh, refer no. to as all of our uh, all our listeners are users. Our users. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I am a user and an abuser. Okay. You fall on the uh, the abused side a little more often than not. The abuse. <laughs> We're Atlanta fans. Have you... Uh, have you been out to any uh, games recently? I remember you you were going to a Braves game last night, right? Yeah, I went to the Braves game last night. Uh, it was the 9-4 loss to the Red Sox, which was pretty annoying in particular because there are so many Red Sox fans at the game. There are a lot of Braves fans there too, but um, so many chance of let's go Red Sox kept springing up all around us, and uh, it was horrible. Yeah. But I will say this, for all the flack Atlanta fans have gotten over the, the years for letting other teams, like, uh, you know, sort of invade their stadiums and arenas and whatnot, Boston is guilty of this as well. I went to a Red Sox game in 2018 against the Blue Jays when I was in Boston, and the Blue Jays infiltrated Fenway. Like, the, the fans were making more noise than the Red Sox fans. Um, it was pretty crazy. So... I put no stock in it. The Red Sox fans travel well, and um, hopefully we can get a win tonight. But, yeah, it's disappointing losing 9-4 um, to four to a team that's lost like five in a row and 14 of the last eight team, and the Red Sox are like 10-19 and 19 going into that game. So uh, frustrating night all around. And it's been kind of a frustrating year just in general. We're, we're still uh, below 500. Cunha's back, but uh, still struggling a little bit. Um, uh, uh, with our hitting core. Yeah, I, I thought things really got going, though, in that Milwaukee series um, to a degree. I mean, there was timely plays made, um, a decisive, huge victory on, on Sunday, um, and a big win on Saturday. And Travis DeMerritt, I think, has done an admirable job filling in. He pretty much saved that game on, uh, on Saturday night uh, with that incredible diving catch that saved two runs um, without that, which we probably would have lost that series. I mean, we've, we've still only won two series, but the fact that we were able to uh, beat Milwaukee in a series when they're one of the best teams in baseball uh, this year so far, and we know how good they were last year um, as well, that, that was an encouraging sign. I, I still don't think it's time to panic, but it's... Um, we're sort of just waiting for that other shoe to drop. We're waiting for the, the, the big hit to come through. We're waiting for that, you know, runners in scoring position to actually happen, scoring runners in scoring position consistently, which it still has not occurred yet this year. The, the good thing is our relief is actually really solid this year. So, and, and it stayed fairly consistent. Sands, Tyler Matzik, but. Are you concerned about Matzik at all? Nah. We have enough. I mean, Matzik as just an individual player in our core, not really, because we have we still have a lot of people, a lot of strong relievers uh, in our in our bullpen. So if he struggles a little bit, he may have some down games or, or uh, a down couple weeks. It's not a big deal. We have other people that can fill those shoes for right now. Yeah, I'm, it was encouraging last night. Even though he walked uh, the first batter he faced, he he sort of came back after that and looked like the the Matzik of old 
um, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But he's, he has really struggled recently, particularly this month. I mean, I was, you know, looking at some numbers here, and it's just been – he's just walking a bunch of people. It seems like every single time out um, in uh, four appearances in, in May, he's issued seven walks, uh, including three on that uh, Friday night loss to the Brewers. So, yeah, he, he's he's scuffling right now. There's There's no doubt about it, but – you still have to have faith in him, um, considering how well how well he's done since he's come to the Braves in 2020, and not to mention pitching the single greatest inning of postseason baseball in American history last year. So I'm not I'm yeah. not going to freak out about him yet. But it was interesting that Snickers starting to use him in sort of less high leverage situations now. Yeah, just letting him get his get his uh, confidence back, and once he's once he's gotten that, he'll he'll be able to bounce right back into our yeah I think that was big last time you want to get through that um through that inning um despite the leadoff walk I mean that was just so critical for him just to be able to come back from that and not allow any more runners and just get through it um what are Mm -hmm. your thoughts on Charlie Morton so far um I don't like the last the last few games. He's actually like he's been throwing pretty decently. The if I recall, he was like he had a he still has a really high ERA, but um, like he was actually throwing better in the last few last few starts he had. And uh, hopefully, I mean his age he's he's pretty old now. Uh, we still have a few other people coming up like Kyle Wright and things like that. So uh, it's not. It's kind of still up in the air right now if he's going to bring his ERA back down or uh, pitch a little bit better through the middle of the season. But, um, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've vented about this to Adam last week. I, I say I've officially given up on Charlie Morton, which he was very disheartened about. Um, even though he did pitch better in his last outing, um, he had, it, like going far in games, like five or I, mean, I use far as a relative term here, but you know, getting to the fifth or sixth inning hasn't really been the issue for him. It's just these early situations where he walks guys or, or gives up, you know, some hits and some early runs seem to sort of knock him out of the game, and then he kind of settles down after that. Um, and that last start, yeah, no, that that happened to him in that last start. It was he he had like. Uh, it was like 40, 50 pitches in the first few innings and then had like 20 pitches in the next few innings. Yeah, the, the, I think the big difference, though, was is that he didn't allow the big hit. But, you know, I think he got lucky to a degree. It was very similar um, to what we've seen all year. It was just the big hit, you know, was hit right at somebody. Jace Peterson hit the bejesus out of the ball. Maybe I'm overemphasizing that a little bit. But he, he hit the ball pretty hard to center field. But it wasn't a, you know, it was right at uh, Duvall. So it was just kind of like, that's not a big deal, I guess. But, you know, if he hits that ball hard in the gap, that's at least two runs scoring. So I didn't really mm-hmm. see anything from him where it was like, this is a dramatic improvement. Um, you know, he's made the strides. He's made the adjustments um, that we've needed, that we, that we need from him. Um, so I'm, I'm still, I'm not down on Charlie as like a, a person or, or like as a, as a competitor, <laughs> but as a, as a guy I can rely on, I just don't trust him. Even if he doesn't step up, we still have some really young arms coming in. So like Spencer Strider or uh, even Kyle Wright, like they're they're all pitching really well. And it's it's something that's kind of new to us, right? Having somebody that can consistently or or get into that high nineties hundred mile an hour with Strider. Like oh we, man, we, 
haven't really had a, a pitcher like that. Yeah, why? Here's my question: Why isn't he starting? Yeah, is it an age thing? He's just he's really young. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we so haven't just really keeping him low leverage situation. I guess yeah. I mean, we haven't really been averse to, to starting pitchers um, who are young. It's just I think at this point he's proven himself that he's an absolute flamethrower. Seems like he's only had one bad outing. Every other outing he's going out there just dealing. His last appearance followed a short start by Justin Chavez and threw four innings and eight strikeouts. I don't think he gave up a hit. Um, his yeah. command is really impressive to me with how hard he throws as well. Like he's able to really spot his fastball well and mix in his off-speed pitches. Um, there, there's absolutely no reason that he should not be uh, in the rotation right now. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, even if he's not pitching a full six, like just get him up there and, and have him try his hand at starting starting a game. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's really no reason not to. Um, what about Marcelo Zuna? He's really, yeah, after that hot start where he's hitting, uh, hitting bombs, it just seems like he's not really giving us much right now. I think it's a regression to the mean. <laughs> like, uh, as long as he gets hot at the right time, that's that's all we really need. He needs to be out of uh, out of that spot in our in our lineup, though, out of cleanup. Yeah, he got moved down to five. But yeah, what I don't understand is with this lineup construction. Yeah, I agree that um, he needs to not be hitting fourth. But I don't know why Travis Darno's not hitting fourth. Travis Darno hitting sixth, I think, is stupid. He's swinging one of the hottest bats on the team. He's hitting over three hundred. He's hitting like 540, the runners in scoring position. Um, I, don't, I don't get this. I don't get why we think. Um, I mean, Ozzy's hit better at, at the fifth hole, but, I mean, drop drop Marcel to six and move Darno to four. Uh, I, I really don't know why Travis Darno is not hitting fourth. Yeah. And that's yeah, not to say he's, he can't, he's not going to be a four hitter for the rest of the year, but just like do it now, man. Do it now. He's got an OPS plus of one thirty one right now. Like it's just <laughs> he he's sitting out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's just in yeah. the zone. Um, there are guys who are just really really struggling right now. I'd say you know Zuna is one of those guys. Um, Duvall is one of those guys, big time. Um, Dansby's actually coming out of his slump, and even though he went over four last night, he had three. I think he struck out once, but his other three at bats, he hit the ball hard. They're just right up people. Um, been really impressed with his adjustments. He's really staying inside out on a lot of pitches too. He's hitting a lot of balls mm-hmm. to the opposite field. Um, still playing stalwart defense. Um, he's really bounced back after a, a, a tough start to the year. Even though he's still striking out too much, but the last uh, three weeks he's been he's been on fire at the plate. Yeah, and some of our pl- platoon guys just have been struggling too. So we've outside of maybe Contreras. Contreras, is, man. <laughs> every uh, time he comes in. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's just Mr. Home Run. Um, did you hear uh, what happened to uh, Manny Pena just now? Oh, no. Uh, the 10-day IL? Or? Yeah, he's, uh, he's beyond that. He's having wrist surgery, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Oh, no. Yeah, this uh, was worse than what came back on the MRI. So he's out for the year, which uh, thrusts Contreras full-time into that backup catcher position. I think one of the 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 best parts about this, if Snicker can just wake up and smell the uh, smell the roses, is you know you we have an opportunity here potentially to work Contreras into the designated hitter role if he remains yeah, hot who, at the plate. 
who are we actively using for designated hitter right now? It's it's, it's kind of like flip flopped around a lot, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's like Ozuna or Acuna. Yeah. The the worry about doing that from Snicker's standpoint is you know if if Darno gets hurt and Contreras is DHing, Contreras has to be put into the catcher position, which then means the pitcher has to hit. But I don't really care about that. Like. If Contreras is hitting the bejesus out of the ball, let him get a few more reps as the designated hitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, with with what he's shown so far, it's almost a no-brainer to have him play DH, especially over what uh, Ozuna's doing right now. Yeah, like I, I feel like Ozuna is a, a detriment defensively and offensively. He's just as cold as they come, so... Give him a couple of days off and throw Contreras on there and just see what happens. Um, RC is the DH tonight. I, I know the Braves know this too that he's not the long term answer there, but it's also like you got Contreras right there. Just put just put him in and, and give Ozuna maybe the day off. Although the problem also now is that your lineup's starting to become really thin because uh, Acuna strained his groin last night and he's going to miss a couple of games. Apparently, he's out of the lineup tonight. So. Uh, I guess you kind of need Marcel in there offensively. Even if he's cold, he's still a threat. I still would just like to see. Um, <laughs> so should see Contreras. He's just launching balls, man. Like and and he's uh, when he has caught, he's been much better defensively. Remember, he was such an albatross last year behind the dish, uh, and he just looks so much better in his ability to not only keep the ball in front of him, but he's he's much better at calling games. Charlie Morton. Um, was his battery mate in his last start, and he was just remarking on the vast improvement he had seen from Contreras. You said you're pretty level-headed right now in terms of where the Braves are. Did uh, does a hot start by the Mets kind of scare you a little bit, or you still think they'll uh, met themselves as time goes on? I don't. I don't know where we're going to end up. Uh, we're. I don't think we're going to end up first in it in our in our division. So you think the Mets are going to win the division? Hot take. I'll call it. I'll call it. Wow. Well, they're up seven games right now, which is the biggest yeah. lead in uh, all of baseball. So they're they're holding up there in the bargain. They also have a plus thirty eight run differential. Uh, the Braves, for reference, have a negative eight run differential, and that's always been a pretty big indicator of how good a team is. I know it's still really early, but you know you look at years past, and um, even when the Braves were struggling last year. And we're like hovering around 500, even though it was like June or July. They still had a solid like run differential number, and the Mets didn't. And you know, eventually the Braves caught up with them. We know, you know, the rest is history. Um, and it's still way too early to um, you know crown a division winner. But the fact that we're seven games back and it's not even Memorial Day is like Jesus. These Mets, um, it might be for real. I wasn't really. You know, Adam and I talked about this. I wasn't really too concerned when it was like head to head. I thought we played them pretty well, um, but you know, balls to bones, they're getting the job done when they need to get the job done. Um, yeah, and a really impressive uh, play, particularly on the road, twelve and five away for the Mets right now, and uh, they they look pretty uh, pretty formidable in terms of just that consistency. They're winning series. I don't remember the last time they really dropped a series. Um, and the Braves just gotta they gotta pick it up, and even if they you know can't win the division this year, let's say they couldn't, but if they can't, they you know you look around baseball, uh, the National League, particularly that NL West, 
every team in the NL West is over 500 right now. They may not stick. Every team's gone off a pretty hot start there. You got three teams uh, with with positive run differentials and Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. The Cardinals look like they're pretty decent this year. Milwaukee, we know, is good. Um, the rest of the NL East is kind of trash. But uh, it's going to be harder to make the playoffs if we do this thing that we did last year where we sort of hover around 500 and don't really make a charge until August sort of deal. Yeah, we had a few catalysts that catapulted us past that 500 slump too, right? And, and yeah. I don't know if we can recreate that lightning. Yeah, it would be tough to do that. And also, like, I wonder about just the long-term future of this outfield, right? You got Duvall in the center field. He's playing perfectly fine defense. We know his offense has uh, not been there so far this year. And you got Demerit playing left. And Demerit's done a really, like we, like I mentioned, sort of the top of the show, Demerit's done a really nice job. But are either one of those guys, like, really factoring in and you feel like you're going to make a huge impact down the road, particularly Demerit, who's a really unproven player at this point? Uh, yeah, and, and looking at some of the advanced stats on Demerit's fielding, it's it's not good. Yeah, so uh, for Demerit, his... Uh, Total fielding runs above average is sitting at like minus ten. He's uh, his range isn't strong. He's not saving runs. Um, while his fielding percentage is high, it's it's not necessarily something where he's where he's able to leverage that speed to to um, to be effective in the outfield right now. Maybe the stats says he's not really saving a lot of runs. He did save two runs on Saturday night. Yes. This this whole season has been like kind of like a. Uh, a haze. It's, it's like started off in a haze. It's, it's felt very surreal, very dreamlike with all the pageantry of the first week of the season and the rings and the silver sluggers and all this bullshit, right? Um, and now it's sort of like you wake up um, to reality and it's like, all right, the season's season's going here, you know? Like we, yeah, we need it to, started. Yeah, <laughs> we need to make a move. And Acuna Yo. has been unreal since he's come back, particularly over the last uh, week and a half or so. Um, he's already got five stolen bases, which I think is second in baseball. Um, OPS is in the 900s. He's hit two bombs, um, hitting like 280. He's like a 390 on base. He, he's he's holding up his end of the bargain, no doubt. Um, I really hope he's not out for long, but he is going to miss tonight's game. Uh, Braves have an off day on Thursday. So it just sucks that he's really starting to catch fire, and now he's he's set back by this whatever's going on with his groin, and groins are tricky. I'm just glad it's not the ACL. Uh, that's what I was worried yeah. about when I heard it was her. That it might be might tweak the ACL, but apparently it's the groin. So yeah, and, and it's really good to see him like actually uh, actually run run hard. Uh, I remember there was a few games back. Medelson hits like a little blooper mm-hmm. over to right field, and uh, and Acuna runs from first to home off of that, which it's it's a good sign to see. Oh yeah, no, he's he's moving great. Speaking of Olson, Olson's been struggling since that hot start, but. Yeah, he had, he had a good uh, good approach last night. Got uh, a huge double off the wall. Should have been a home run if that wall was just a little lower. Then got another hit later in the game. I think he's fine. We knew he wasn't going to hit 420 the whole season. Um, we also know that when he was hitting like 120 and striking out a bunch, that wasn't him either. So I think he'll find that, that middle ground again. I'm not really too concerned about him. Or I know Austin Riley's scuffling a little bit right now. Um, not too concerned about those guys. But, like, yeah, Ozuna, Duvall, definitely, like, eh, a little worried. And then just yeah. the, the long-term uh, Travis DeMerit thing. I just, I just don't see it. 
hopefully he proves me wrong. But also, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Alex makes a move for uh, for an outfielder at some point to to keep us competitive. Yeah, because we're 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 basically two uh, two platoons out in the on the outfield uh, before he came in, and with Rosario getting injured, so. Yes, yeah. and Rosario is not a strong fielder either. So no, but I think that's that's all I have. Unless you have anything else you want to touch on, Joseph, on the Braves. Nope. I uh, just hope they get out of their slump. Uh, play some above five hundred ball, perhaps before the All Star break. Yeah, that would be that'd be nice. If we can get a three game winning streak, that would also be appreciated. Yes, which I thought we were going to get last night, but it was not meant to be. So, Joseph, we had a very long discussion last week uh, about the draft. Uh, I was not a fan of the draft overall, particularly the receiver pick with uh, Drake London. And uh, also didn't like taking Tyler Anderson, the linebacker out of Montana State, over uh, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker of Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't also I wasn't a big fan of taking the Cincinnati quarterback either because I'm like, we need to draft – Offensive and defensive linemen. So I was disappointed by that. Adam was more optimistic uh, on on his evaluation of the draft. But what say you, sir? What were your thoughts on the draft? I'm probably more pessimistic on this one. Um, I there's there's parts of it that I liked. I I'm okay with picking like Desmond Ritter or or kind of somebody that would be considered more of a project than Troy Anderson. Um, but the the issues that we have, I mean, we have issues everywhere, but the issues that we, that we need to have ready when we transition from a rebuilding team to a winning team is all in the interior. And while we did, uh, we did kind of rework Grady's contract to, to, have a little bit more space and, and keep them for a few more years, we're still going to have struggles doing the things that we've always had struggles doing, getting to the quarterback and protecting our quarterback. My God, are um, you living inside and, my brain? Yeah. And until we fix those problems, we're, as many skilled players you're going to have, you're going to have limitations to what they can do. Um, when you don't have a good offensive line, you, your quarterback's rushed. When your quarterback's rushed, their QB rating goes down, their ability to throw goes down, accuracy's down, the ability for routes to uh, routes to kind of extend out go down. Like it, it, it has so many other externalities to it that we, if we don't solve that now, or you don't, you don't have a winning team. Yeah, I totally agree, and it's just frustrating because it's like now is the time you want to draft. Those those kinds of players, those those interior offensive linemen and defensive linemen, those edge rushers, those tackles, uh, a center would be great. And I, and I just feel like, you know, especially the Drake pick is such a cart before the horse move. So frustrating when there's still quality offensive linemen there, quality defensive linemen. We only took two defensive linemen. And I'm really actually pretty excited for um, the, the guy from Penn State, Abitake. Um, particularly because he had 18 and a half tackles for loss in addition to nine and a half sacks, which tells me he's a, he's a complete defensive end and not just a guy who's trying to get to the quarterback. But other than that, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm like, what, what, what the hell were we doing in this draft? We, didn't dra- we only drafted one offensive lineman, and, and that was a guy in the sixth round. 
and and you're going to get a downgrade in quarterback play. I know all these Matt Ryan haters are going to you know are, are already got their Marcus Mariota jerseys, or are are just you know saying how grateful they are that Matt Ryan's gone. But we're going to we're taking a big step back in quarterback play because you've not improved the offensive line. You do have a better uh, receivers room already with with Drake hopefully there, but. Um, this is still the same offensive line. They gave up 48 sacks last year and over 90 quarterback hits. This is still the same defensive line minus a B to K. Only got 18 sacks last season. And not enough was done to improve those units. I totally agree with you. And the thing that frustrates me the most about Grady's contract is if you're going to do that with Grady, if you're going to extend Grady, you've got to surround him with talent or else by the time we actually maybe become a competitive football team again, he's gone. It's going to be an albatross contract that's going to uh, limit our ability to get free agents or, or, or get other Yeah, players. I feel yeah. like Thomas Dimitrov is still the general manager of this team. The ghost. Is, is there one player, though, is, is there one player you liked that, that stood out to you that we drafted? I want to see how Troy Anderson plays mm-hmm. in uh, yeah, with, with the Falcons. Because, uh, again, he was with a smaller, uh, a smaller college uh, team. So that was some of the bigger questions around him but from the from the aspect of like his his physical ability he's incredible um is he is he somebody that can be like taught how to play in the nfl um at at that speed um that's that's the real question but i I think that's probably going to be our our sleeper pick of of uh this year um Knowing how we've had struggles both drafting and developing defensive linemen, I don't know if I have too much faith in uh, in who we drafted and and when we drafted for, for defensive ends. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Western um, Kentucky guy. Um, yeah. But I, I do like the raw numbers on a B2K. I hope that he can break yeah. the curse of the Falcons linemen, the early early drafted Falcons defensive lineman. The two guys I'm watching the most this year are are, are uh, London and um, BDK. I think they're the people that can make the biggest impact. I, I mean, they'll they'll get playing time. That's for yeah. sure. This this season, the yeah. So like two big points. One, I I also agree with you. I am completely frustrated in how how we're easy to flip off of Matt Ryan um, and what he what he brought to the Falcons for the last 14 years, we're going to have a, a lot of struggle, uh, especially in those first few games with the amount of pressure that Mariota or, or Ritter will see. Um, and it's something that Matt Ryan was solid with decently solid yeah. with while he didn't have the best mobility. He was able to make decisions very quickly yeah. and, and get through his reads very quickly. Mariota is not nearly the quarterback. Matt Ryan is Neither is Ritter, obviously, as a rookie coming in here. So it's like those guys are going to get killed. And I really hope for Ritter's sake, for his development, he doesn't see the field this year. You don't want him to have like a Sam Darnold situation. or Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. His confidence will be destroyed. And I don't think he's as good as Joe Burrow to the point where he can you know, take it on the chin for a year and then come back and be ready to, to rock and roll. Uh, and Arthur Smith said this on the radio yesterday. He said, you know, it's going to be a competition. He says, competition's everywhere. It's what every NFL coach says. But he's like, you know, if Mariota's the best quarterback, he's going to play. If Ritter's the best quarterback, he's going to play. It's like there's an open competition for quarterback. And I really hope for Ritter's sake he does not win it because he will get destroyed. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. 
It's a terrible offensive line. Nothing was done in the draft to address this, and uh, it's a failure on Fontenot's part. And and nothing's going to be done from uh, from a free agency standpoint either. So, no, we don't have the, we don't have now, the cap space for it. Yeah, the hope is you know when we talked about this last week a little bit, the hope is that the cap you know expands greatly next year. I think we're going to have like hundred million dollars of cap or something, something insane. Hopefully, you can bring in a premium offensive lineman. Adam made this point last week. Premium offense, at least one premium offensive lineman. Maybe draft some more. But man, I would have liked to have started to do that this year drafted maybe a good center yeah in the first or second round that you thought could really you know be a captain of this offensive line realistically joseph when do you think the falcons are competitive again four years four years before we go i think i think we may have a season that's over 500 before that but um, but in terms of actually being a legitimate Super Bowl contender you think four oh, years <laughs> legitimate Super Bowl contender it might be a little bit longer than that Oh my uh, god! But I, I, I mean, somebody that can get into the playoffs probably four or five years, I'd say. Holy Christ, man! That's even more pessimistic than me. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping it would be two. I was hoping this year, next year would suck, and then the twenty twenty five or wait, no, twenty twenty four would be the year of uh, of the Falcons in terms of yeah. when they started to to get it going. But I, I think the difference with like something like basketball you put in one or two solid players then you can change you can change your your trajectory that's i don't think that's the same with football especially on the defensive side um unless you have somebody that's such a strong defensive lineman that they're disrupting qb play almost uh, every down like you need a full team you need you need a full team and we have so many gaps that we have to fill yeah. for the next few years and also develop because we'd have to be hitting solidly on draft picks uh, for the next few years for us to be as competitive as we once were back in the that 2015 time frame. Yeah, and uh, you just can't throw money at the situation. I mean, you can to a degree, but if you don't draft well, you're exactly right. You're yeah. kind of screwed. Yeah, and, and the philosophy that we have on like maintaining contracts with with long for like long term with players that kind of bit us in the butt and uh we can't be doing that uh if we want to be successful for for a longer period of time would you have preferred if the falcons had traded grady there's a sense of stability that you have with a strong defensive uh, a strong defensive tackle like that that you can rely on rely on him to uh to manage the run game um, to generate some pressure but not too much and to and, and to hold down two offensive linemen when when you need to uh, get a push going so like that that's the type of stuff Grady does really well um, and I, I think he's going to continue doing that um, doesn't have a lot of injury concerns or anything like that so if you don't think we're going to be competitive for the next four years why do it um, I think that even if Grady goes by that four-year five-year time frame having somebody that sets a standard within the defensive line uh, if Grady was gone, you would not have anybody to set that defensive standard. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the value that Grady has. Yeah, I think that that's a good point to be like, you know, showing people how to do, which Grady has done since day one, literally doing things the right way, how to be a beast, you know, coming in as a fifth-round draft pick and becoming one of the best defensive tackles in, the, in football. Um, yeah, the example that can be set, 
will be great. And if nothing else, you're right. He's, he'll act as a bridge to when the Falcons are competitive. Hopefully he's around for when they actually are. But if he's not, at least you're right. The standard will be set for how uh, play should happen uh, with these new guys coming in. Uh, anything else you want to touch on with the Falcons? No, it's just going to be a really sad season. The only – okay, so the one thing that I don't know what the feeling is going to be this next season because we, we know we're not going to do well. Is the feeling going to be we're looking at our future and it's okay if we lose a little bit, but as long as we see some good plays, some uh, decent play out of the, the players that we drafted, uh, are, are we going to be – psychologically all right or is it just going to be uh that like 2019 like down in the dregs where we're having pain all the time type of type of season i think if we don't see good performances by like a BDK in london or anderson we'll certainly have that 2019 feeling but if they do have good moments and they do um you know play well enough to the point where you're like all right there's a future here with some of these guys then you can start feeling a little better. Yeah. But if, if, like, these guys come in and you see nothing from them, especially if, like, London's a bust. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be a, that will make this draft a disaster. The, yeah, because the you pro- literally mm-hmm. said that's, you know, quote unquote, the best player available. We value this guy more than we care about, you know, fixing the trench problem, which has been the Falcons' problem for the last 15 seasons. Um, so if he backfires, it, it, the draft is an automatic failure to me. Uh, I, so the problem with a uh, wide receiver draft and the same thing with Kyle Pitts, right? If, if your quarterback can't get throws out to you, can you really shine? Yes, that is true. But I'm saying like, we need to see something from him. Yes. Because even if, if the Falcons, he, yeah, even if the offensive line is, is dog shit, we need to see at least that he's running good routes. At least that he's fighting for the ball. At least that he's using his big body to make plays any chance he does get the chance it's like of course if he's like targeted 12 times a game and all the balls are in the dirt you know we're not going to be able to say oh london's a bust you know we'll just say the offensive line sucks or Mariota sucks or both um but if it's like a thing where he has like bricks for hands and when he actually does have opportunities he doesn't make the most of them then that's a problem yeah absolutely yeah but if there's things out of his control like, I don't need him to have a 1,000-yard season or anything, or even a six 700-yard season. I don't expect that. But when he has his opportunities, even if they're rare, I need him to actually make those plays happen. Yeah. Which is somewhat hard to quantify, but that's what I need. Um, what, are, what is your uh, over-under for, for wins this year? Three? Yeah, three that's where half? I'm at. Three and a half? Yeah, I said we will not win more than three games. Yeah. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be a big wake-up call for a lot of Falcons fans. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, you know, Matt Ryan's gone. Julio's gone. Everyone's Everyone except Grady, who was worth a shit, right, from the old days, is, is gone. I don't even think Dion is worth a shit anymore. So it's like, all right, you got your wish. Matt Ryan's gone. Now see how much worse we are. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a miracle we won seven games last year. Absolute That's, miracle. We far out <laughs> exceeded what our expectations were, yeah. Yeah. So I, I expect a major, major regression mm-hmm. this season. Um, 
All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our friends from DraftKings. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? The DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom! You have a shot and an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Here's what you need to do, Graham. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we're back. Uh, so once a quarter, we uh, we talk about Atlanta United. And uh, we're lucky to have Joseph here to uh, impart his wisdom of United on us. So I'll be asking a bunch of ignorant questions. And Joseph will uh, guide us through where uh, where United is so far this season. Now, Joseph, the first thing I, I, I know is that... Um, Joseph Martinez is out. Yes. Right? Yes. For a while. So how's United doing this season? I've watched like two games. I think they lost both of them. So so give me a a brief rundown about where they're at. Yeah, so this is uh, Gonzalo Pineda's uh, first season season starting with the team. So uh, he had the full offseason with the team. Um, Joseph Martinez, of course, coming off of a, a... tendon or, or ligament issue with his uh, leg. I think he tore his MCL or ACL uh, last year. Finally, was able to come back. He still has like some swelling in it, so he's kind of off and on. Um, so we've had, I guess the the big the big word of the year is injuries. Uh, we've had so many injuries across our uh, our forwards, uh, of course, with, with Mark uh, Joseph and. Uh, we've had a injury with our uh, our captain, our just recently named captain of the team, Miles Robinson. Uh, he t- he basically uh, just ripped up his Achilles, uh, the Kevin Durant injury uh, when he was on. So these aren't State. even just these aren't small. These are huge injuries. Yes, that that, that's right Miles now. Robinson is a U.S. Men's National Team player. So yeah, I, uh, I knew yeah. the name not from United. Yeah, I remember remember him on the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah. Yep, so right now we're sitting at four wins, two draws, four losses, and we're playing not great teams right now. We're, we're getting into more of our difficult part of our schedule. Uh, our goal difference is only one. We're, we're only plus one. Uh, some of the interesting things to, to note back, uh, going back with our previous coaches, what was our uh, goals per game like? Our goals per game now is significantly decreased from... Uh, even our uh, DeBoer, um, of course, from our team, uh, Tata. Um, so our our game, while we're generating a lot of chances and our expected goals is decently high, we're not really able to finish those chances. Uh, and I think a lot of that's related to uh, the 
the amount of changes that we've had uh, with our with our forwards and centers and uh, being able to um, get into finishing chances and actually and actually uh, convert them. What we did and have who, though, who's okay. who's stepping up for Martinez? No, he's out. Some guys like Barco yeah. or any, someone else. Oh, Barco's long gone. Uh, Barco's yeah. gone. Yeah, Barco's oh, gone. Yep. So we've had we've had. Well, a is few that a, would you view that as a waste of a contract? No, I, I no. He, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say so. They a lot of a lot of the um, we ended up trading him back down to uh, an Argentinian team. So um, so it's not it's not as if we I think we lost a little bit of money, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, I remember I, I the hype the, around him was immense yeah. when he came in, and he just it never yeah. felt like he was able to sort of rise to the occasion. Yeah, same thing with Pity, uh, Pity Martinez as well. Oh yeah, Pity. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that's just dealing with uh, like some of the coaching changes, some of the philosophy changes that we had, um, and the original expectations where we had uh, where we were with uh, Tata and how much of a counterattacking, fast goal scoring type of team we were then, and we rat we changed up our philosophy a lot with De Boer and uh, with uh, Gabriel Hines, so. I think where Pineda's bringing in some of that, uh, some of that uh, mentality again, um, it's just hoping we can convert at this point. So we've had a few people that are direct replacements to to Joseph. So uh, in this last game against Chicago Fire, we did beat Chicago Fire four uh, one with uh, Ronaldo Cisneros uh, scoring a hat trick. So uh, some some other big standouts are Brooks Lennon. Over on the over on the right wing, um, he's been playing really solid. Uh, Emerson Heinemann's finally back from injury, so he gets to play again. Um, Alex De, Alex Dijon is uh, going to be replacing Miles Robinson. He did pretty solidly after after the injury, so hopefully he can keep that up. And um, some other stronger players uh, or players that have struggled re- um, throughout the earlier part of the season, Marcelino Moreno. Um, there's parts of his game that are really solid in terms of him generating some chances, but he holds onto the ball for a little too long and doesn't make decisions at the right time. So you can see, uh, some, some stagnation in that, uh, in that final third when we're, uh, closing in towards goal. But do you feel like the ball movement's (laughs) better, um, this year than last year with that, the horrible coach who succeeded to bore? Yes. Yeah. That's so uh, Gabriel Hines, yeah, it, I think that the the team mentality is a lot better. If we had the amount of injuries, if we had the amount of injuries that we had uh, from with our previous coach, we would not be at a five hundred. Uh, we would not be seventh in the table uh, for the Eastern Conference. So um, definitely, some credit goes to Pineda for that, but um, it's we're still running into some of some issues in in goal scoring and. Uh, and like converting those opportunities, yeah. But uh, next game we'll be playing uh, New England Revolution. Fortunately, they're not doing too well uh, this year. Uh, they were really strong last year. Uh, they're they're three wins, five losses. So this is like the last set of games that we get before we start playing some really strong teams. What's your expectation for United this season? You expect them to, to get into the playoffs, or is it just kind of like? Because of all the injuries, tread water and see what happens. Where's your head at? Yeah, um, 
while Miles My- Robinson's definitely a big hit, uh, it's not that that injury I don't think is going to impact us as much as like a fully healthy Jose Martinez or, or things like that. Cause that, that us not scoring goals is going to be a really big problem uh, coming up later into the year. So if we don't resolve that, we're, we're not going to make it to the playoffs. Um, if we do resolve that, we definitely have a very good shot of making it to the playoffs, but I, I don't think we'll have um, really any shot with the, the, better teams of the league your new york red bulls things like that yeah right do you think that uh the inability to score goals puts more pressure on guzan well guzan's injured guzan's injured too yep good lord yep so uh, oh yeah i remember that that happened what a couple weeks ago yep yep so uh shuttleworth so, so, is coming so who's the goalie now it's bobby shuttleworth i believe uh yeah so How's he's he done? he's been doing pretty decently uh it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, Guzan had his uh, had his problems. He was very aggressive on the on the ball, uh, which could lead to him being out of position. Uh, Shuttleworth's a little bit more conservative than that, so uh, it's a different type of play. But uh, he's been doing decently solid uh, for for the last few games, at least. Yeah, it sounds like this will be a sort of transitional year for United, and hopefully, um, you know, coach sticks around long enough to sort of let his system settle in and then once you get those those players back either later in the season or next year hopefully united can you know get back to their more consistent winning ways one would hope yeah yeah to put uh to give a metaphor like i generally do with united they're kind of like the mets right now uh they've had they're they're good on paper but there's a lot of struggles with injuries (laughs) with their best players (laughs) But the and Mets are actually do actually like top of the league. Though. Hey, this year. <laughs> yeah, but well, you're talking this about year. historical Mets. Yeah, historical Mets. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, current Mets will uh, remember their history. Yes. Very soon. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, Joseph. Thanks for filling in. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, Adam will return next week. Um, barring him getting lost in uh, California, which seems like he was doing uh, the first couple nights he was there. We'll, uh, we'll get a full report on that uh, next week on his uh, adventures out west. All right, folks, we'll uh, see you next week. Thanks for listening. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitamina sip. Hospitamina sip.